Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. This is show number two of Halloween week. I want to thank everybody for tuning in, subscribing, downloading, spreading the word. You are very much appreciated and you are a friend of mine. So, like I said, it's episode two of Halloween week. I've been looking forward to doing this theme for a long time now. Longer than even the show has existed. This is one of my favorite genres of music. I love me some theatrical rock, some shock rock, whatever you want to call it. I I I I just think it's cool when bands will go that extra mile to give you your money's worth. And uh, you know, it's one of those things. It's definitely a genre that is not well liked by critics and music elitists, things such as that. I I just don't understand where all the hate comes from. I don't see the problem in having a good time. I don't see the problem in escapism. That's what entertainment is for the most part. That's what movies are for sure. It's escapism. And I'm going to kind of take you on a history of theatrical rock, shock rock. And why am I doing this on Halloween week? If I need to explain that to you, these are bands that have very scary appearances to the average person. Bands that dressed up in makeup or wore crazy costumes, things such as that. Every night's Halloween for these bands and these singers. So that's why we're playing them tonight. So basically, since this is a history of theatrical and shock, let's just go in chronological order. It'll make the uh, set list that much easier to do so I can just kick back, have some fun, listen to some of the greatest songs ever recorded. We're going to start off with the father of shock rock. I don't think this is debatable at all. Screaming Jay Hawkins. I, I could go, I could do a whole show about Screaming Jay and his life. There are some documentaries out there. There's some bio pages on the internet. Go read up on him. That guy lived a full life. He's not with us anymore. He died in 2000. Maybe the 2000s were just too mediocre for Screamin' Jay. But he was the first guy to come out on stage in a coffin and kind of play up the whole voodoo aspect and uh, something to really scare the white people. I love Screamin' Jay Hawkins. Guy was a phenomenal singer at heart. I mean, he has roots in opera. (laughs) He wanted to be an opera singer. And then he became a blues artist. And then he became kind of a hybrid blues rock singer guy that just happened to uh, hang around with skeletons and coffins and smoke on stage. This guy's greatness. And now I'm going to play a pretty well-known song to fans of Screamin' Jay, but if this is your first outing, I don't know how you haven't heard I Put a Spell on You, so I'm not going to be that obvious. I'm going to play the B-side to the 45 of I Put a Spell on You, What a great double A side this is for me. This is a song called Little Demon. On the foggy hill rock stood a crazy little demon blowing his top. Fire in his eyes and smoke from his head. You gotta be real cool to hear the words he said. He did the one he 
loved so he had death on his mind Cause Miss Demon let him go He gonna run through the world Till he understand his pain Somebody help him get Miss Demon home again He did like some high-pitched towels on there and change the lyrics up that's pretty much a little richard song but it, it can't be when it's sung by that man that was the late great screaming jay hawkins with little demon uh screaming jay a guy who's been covered by credence clearwater revival and marilyn manson and diamond Nigalos and the amazing royal crowns that's quite a list so Go do some homework on Screamin' Jay. He's got some just straight-up blues songs. He's got some disgusting songs as well. He runs the gamut. So, right, after Screamin' Jay, pretty much the next guy that ever thought about doing something even halfway interesting on stage. You know, besides the the general uh, muss and fuss of rock and roll where you maybe destroy your instruments or set them on fire or something like that this guy decided you know i'm gonna set my head on fire well sort of he wore a a helmet of fire this is the crazy world of arthur brown yes arthur brown from england uh you've you've heard this song even if you are halfway decent music nerd yeah this is the obvious one but we got to play it this song is called Fire. I am the god of hell fire, and I bring you fire.
That was Fire by the Crazy World of Arthur Brown from 1968. So basically, the the Scream of Jay song came out in 1956, so it took like 12 more years for someone to do something really crazy and shocking on stage. That that's that's a huge gap, but I guess between all that, it was pretty much Elvis and the Beatles and the Stones, and the Who. And speaking of the Who, Pete Townsend and the Who's manager Kit Lambert actually co-produced that Arthur Brown record. So there you go, fun fact and a nice tie-in there. So the next song I'm going to play is by the Godfather of Shock Rock, Mr. Alice Cooper, the now Hall of Famer, but he's always been a Hall of Famer to me. This is a song from probably my all-time favorite album. Every, anytime I'm put on the spot and have to do that, that's usually the first one that comes to mind. Welcome to My Nightmare. Uh, of course, it's a it's a big album around the Halloween season, but it's tops with me year-round. Uh, I could give you a ton of fun facts about this record. I'll do a few here. It was produced by the great Bob Ezrin, my favorite producer ever. And since Alice, this is actually Alice's first proper solo album, his original band, his great original band, moved on. And since, you know, he was looking for a band, obviously, so Bob Ezrin basically just brought in all of Lou Reed's band that he had just worked with because he produced some Lou Reed records and made an awesome album with these guys, guys like Steve Hunter and Dick Wagner. Tony Levin plays some bass on this album. He wound up playing for guys like King Crimson, very heralded bass player. Tim Fowley, the guy that uh, formed The Runaways, has a co-write on this album. He also had some co-writes on Bob Ezrin's production of Kiss's Destroyer. And, of course, you know, it, it's here on the track, so I can't hide it from you. The great Vincent Price does a voiceover. He plays the curator, basically, of Welcome to My Nightmare. And you're going to hear him on this track. It's a twofer. It's it's one proper track because you can't have one without the other, so it counts as one song, and there's there's no debate in that. So don't send me hate mail. The Rock Strikes Ten isn't over, I promise. <laughs> so yeah, this is from Welcome to My Nightmare. Check this out. This is Devil's Food slash The Black Widow. Enjoy. <laughs>
Lepidoptera. Uh, please don't touch the displays, little boy. <laughs> oh, cute. Uh, moving to the next aisle, we have Arachnida. The spiders, our finest collection. This friendly little devil is the Heptothilidae, unfortunately harmless. Next to him, the nasty Lycosa raptoria. His tiny fangs cause creeping ulcerations of the skin. <laughs> and here, my prize, the Black Widow. Isn't she lovely and so deadly? Her kiss is 15 times as poisonous as that of the rattlesnake. <laughs> you see, her venom is highly neurotoxic, which is to say that it attacks the central nervous system, <laughs> causing intense pain, profuse sweating, difficulty in breathing, loss of consciousness, violent convulsions, and finally, uh, death. You know, I think what I love the most about her is her inborn need to dominate, possess. In fact, immediately after the consummation of her marriage to the smaller and weaker male of the species, she kills and eats him. Oh, she is delicious. <laughs> and I hope he was. Such power and dignity, unhampered by sentiment. If I may put forward a slice of personal philosophy, I feel that man has ruled this world as a stumbling, demented child king long enough. And as his empire crumbles, my precious Black Widow shall rise as his most fitting successor. These words he speaks are true. We're all humanary stew. We don't pledge allegiance to the Black Widow. The horror that he'll bring. The horror of his sting. The unholiest of kings. The Black Widow. Our minds will be his toy. Every girl and boy will learn to be employed The Black Widow
are webbed in haze Mindless, senseless days And the Black Widow These things he says are true We're all human Aries too If we don't pledge allegiance to The Black Widow Alice Cooper with Devil's Food and the Black Widow, featuring, of course, guest star Vincent Price. Gee, you know, I I could have sworn there was something else that Vincent Price has a voiceover on, but it's it just slipped my mind. I mean, uh, I think it was like, God, I think it was like seven or eight years after this album, but you know, I'm sure, I'm sure nobody noticed. So yeah, go get Welcome to My Nightmare. It's like I said, it's one of my favorite albums of all time. I was lucky enough to meet the man. I've got a signed vinyl of Welcome to My Nightmare, which is one of my all-time prized possessions. Also, definitely go pick up like the DVD or Blu-ray for Alice Cooper's Theater of Death. It was his most recent tour. He actually does Devil's Food on there, which is kind of a rare performance of Devil's Food. And he, you actually can hear him sing the stuff that's in the chorus that's kind of buried in the original mix so it really makes it a whole other performance so go check it out and go see Alice if you've never seen Alice you you just haven't seen the best rock and roll show you possibly can until you do that and this next artist I could pretty much say the exact same thing about yes I played them on the first show but I'm going to play a song by Kiss and you know not cheating too much I'm actually going to play something from 80's Kiss it's a whole different animal, isn't it? 1982 had Eric Carr on the drums instead of Peter Chris, and his presence was definitely felt. This was the last year they wore the makeup originally, and uh, this is this is great. This ties into Halloween so well for me because the song itself speaks for itself. But this was like the first time they went out on tour, and they were really getting hit hard with... Christian protesters saying that they stood for Knights and Satan service. I mean, this was the peak of that in the early 80s. So they got picketed like at every show they did on this tour. I would have loved to have gone to this tour. I wish I'd have been old enough to see it. Just for that reason and the fact that like the openers on the tour were bands like the Plasmatics and a young Motley Crue. Would have been a good time. If you saw that tour and you're listening, uh, send me an email. Love to hear about it. Is they had the big tank on stage. So Eric Carr killing it on the drums. If you're a drummer or you love albums with big drum sound, go get Creatures of the Night by Kiss. This is the title track, the opener. It's called, of course, Creatures of the Night. 
right, that was the hottest band in the world, Kiss, with Creatures of the Night. Go get that record, Creatures of the Night. is one of the best albums they have done, for sure. I would put it in the top three studio albums, for sure. Hands down. Go get that one. So now we, we've pretty much finished up with the first couple of waves of theatrical rock and shock rock. Now we're going on to kind of the wayward sons of Kiss and Alice and people like that. So I'm going to play you a song by a band called Gwar. Of course, when you think of bands that dress up real big on stage, Gwar is one of the first ones that come to mind. A band that definitely has a sense of humor about themselves. Uh, They're very political and ironic at the same time. All the makings of of a critic darling, but uh, they're, they're so not that. But, you know, I, I love the get-up contrast of it. You know, they're smart people. They've marketed themselves well. And, you know, it's one of those things, they, they're characters. I mean, the people that play these characters on stage, you know, eventually they're going to get replaced, and Gore could probably go on for hundreds of years, just like Kiss. Gore, the lineup. I just love reading the names of the band members off. Odorous, Urungus, Flatus Maximus, Balsack, the Jaws of Death. Beefcake, the Mighty, and Jismac, the Gusha. So, yeah. Gore, you've probably run into them here and there. Uh, You know, even if you don't have any of their records, if you've never heard a single song by them, you probably know what they look like. They look absolutely disgusting. (laughs) And they kill a lot of things on stage. They'll feed the uh, enemy of the day to the meat grinder. You know, Uh, go, go look up their stage history. They've killed them all on stage. This is one of my favorite Gore songs, because it's a fun little song from their second full-length album called Scum Dogs of the Universe. This song is from 1990. It is called Sick of You.
was Gwar with Sick of You from the album Scum Dogs of the Universe. Go, go get it. <laughs> you know, I, I know I, everybody listening to the show may not be in a rush to go pick up a Gwar album, but if you're going to get one or two, get that one or get America Must Be Destroyed. Those are both fun, lyrically disgusting, but... It always puts a smile on my face because, you know, they're not taking any of it seriously. And for some reason, that song's sick of you. It always sticks in my head, so if that sticks in your head all day, let me know. So next band on tap is a band that actually precedes Gwar. I, I, I hope you're, uh, you don't be scared. I was going to include them, I promise. You can't do a Halloween show without these guys at all. This is The Misfits. And I actually have a few friends that agree with me on this. But I, overall, I kind of feel alone here. I, I love, I, I love the American Psycho album that they did when they when they reformed. Even though they didn't have Danzig anymore, they reformed and put this record out with this new guy, Michael Graves. I think American Psycho by the Misfits is one of the great undiscovered albums, especially of the '90s. But it's just it's just so well produced, and I know that's not what the Misfits were all about. But the the theme is still the same, you know. The whole feeling is still the same. It's very punk, uh, but it's very catchy. But hey, old Misfit stuff is very catchy too. If you listen to it, just the fact that they spent a few bucks making this comeback album and not fifty cents like the old stuff, they both have the charm, in my opinion. So check this song out. This is from the American Psycho album, 1997. This is the Misfits with "Dig Up Her Bones." Rise up the steps one by one to give you 
That was the Almighty Misfits with Dig Up Her Bones from the American Psycho album from 1997. They did two albums with Michael Graves, but that's the one to get for sure. Go check it out. Uh, great album, especially during the Halloween season, of course. So yeah, I saw them, I saw them twice on that American Psycho tour. Once opening up for Megadeth and then headlining uh, at a club at Deep Ellum Live in Dallas. Uh, they were great shows. Had had so much fun. You know, I was when when I saw them open up for Megadeth, I, I I hadn't heard any of the new stuff. I was real skeptical, and you know, I was like, ah, this is just gonna be like a cash cow. But they they stole the show that night. I I had a blast watching them. So that's really what got me to buy American Psycho. So hopefully this show has done the same for you. So moving on, we get the next song coming up here. And uh, this guy, I, I know, is a huge Misfits fan. Uh, th- now we're kind of getting into like the third wave of Shock Rock. I'm going to play you one of Shock Rock's greatest ambassadors, Mr. Rob Zombie. You know, hey, musician, singer, frontman, filmmaker. Yeah, he's he's a renaissance man. He's I think he's a great representative of what this thing's all about because... You know, he takes it seriously, but he doesn't take it too seriously. He totally gets it. He knows how to mix humor and rock and just all the fun aspects of everything. If you go see him live, I know I've said this about a lot of these guys, but that's what this show is about. If you go see Rob Zombie live, you're going to have a blast. Uh, He's definitely learned it all from Alice Cooper, and his shows are so fun. I, I saw him last year at a metal festival. I don't even remember the name of it. It's one of those new ones that they do. But after seeing a bunch of bands that just kind of go up there, park and bark, that have like zero stage show, getting to see Rob Zombie do it after all those bands, especially just drives the point home. I mean, I didn't see girls taking their tops off during the other band sets, let's just say. I mean, hey, it's rock and roll, man. (laughs) So go see Rob Zombie. He's Tons of fun, and this is one of my all-time favorite Rob Zombie songs. And I, he played this song at Ozfest '99 when I saw him. That was the last great Ozfest, in my opinion. He even said that Carrie King requested this song off the side of the stage. That was a good call there, Carrie. Horns up for you. This is a song off the Hell Billy Deluxe album, and it's called "Meet the Creeper."
That was Rob Zombie with Meet the Creeper from the Hellbilly Deluxe album. Uh, there's a great edition of Hellbilly Deluxe out there, the first one. There's a deluxe edition, and it's got the, of course, the original CD remastered. It's got a second disc, which is a DVD. It's got a video of every song on that album. So I, I love, I love that. There's a video for every song, and that's what Rob should be doing every time. And I was looking up. I I didn't even know this. It was already one of my favorite Rob Zombie songs. This is pretty cool. The band on that record is pretty much Rob and Danny Loner, who was in one of the more famous lineups of Nine Inch Nails. Also played for Perfect Circle and Pussifer. I think he's still in Pussifer, actually. And Tommy Lee on the drums there. So there you go. Having fun. That's a fun song. I like that. And now the next band we're going to play, and I'm going to preface this with, uh, you know, I, I had to include this band for sure. I am not the biggest fan of this band, but I, I got to give them some respect and appreciate them just for the sense of they're one of the only metal bands that have done anything, uh, you know, like as far as mainstream, charting on Billboard every time. These guys have been doing it, so I got to give them some respect there. I'm going to play something by Slipknot. Like I said, not a big fan. This is probably my favorite Slipknot song. It is the craziest. If I could uh, steal a quote from Rollis, one of the most fuckedest songs <laughs> I've ever heard. I'm just going to let him speak for itself. This one's called People Equals Shit. Hide the kids now.
Satan, I'm certain of the side of Satan What do you want from me? They never told me the better what meant to be Yeah, overdo it, don't tell me you feel it Stop your vision and fight your way through it I'm not like you, I just fuck up Come on, motherfucker, everybody has to die Come on, motherfucker, everybody has to die That was Slipknot with People Equals Shite from their second album, Iowa. And like I said at the beginning of before that track, uh, Slipknot is one of the only heavy metal bands, I mean heavy metal, that in the last 20 years have actually done anything as far as charting. Billboard Top 10 album, every time they put out an album, it's Top 10. The only other band that's done that in the last 20 years is Pantera. So... I gotta give it up for Slipknot. And of course, they are a supremely theatrical band. They wear orange prison jumpsuits on stage and wear crazy scary masks. And they definitely don't take a night off when they're on that stage. They are all over the place. So, you know, it's kind of fun watching footage of them. I'd rather watch them live than listen to their records for the most part. But it's just so much to take in. I mean, you hear that one song and you're just... I got nothing. I'm I'm drained. I'm wiped. So, yeah. Alright, Slipknot. It's Halloween, man. So, the last two songs I'm going to play here tonight, this is kind of what I consider the new wave of shock rock, band that is definitely down with the theatrics, but I, I really like the direction it's going now, you know, as opposed to, like, the new American metal, where it's like, Rawr, you know, screaming cookie monster voices. Yeah, it gets a little old to me, and my whole thing is, where's the song? You gotta be catchy, you gotta write something and perform something that's going to stick with you, that's going to inspire you. And maybe that's just me, but that's how I feel. These two bands, these these last two bands I'm going to play, in my opinion, are really getting the job done. Uh, the first band I'm going to play here on this twofer is a band called Lordy. And if you haven't heard of Lordy, uh, and if you haven't seen Lordy, I, I, I realized there was kind of a rift there with Gwar because they look a lot like Gwar but their music is completely different number one number two there's this thing in Europe called Eurovision I don't know if you're aware of this show but basically in short it's like you know the European American Idol and this is way before American Idol it's before Star Search this the show started in 1956 and it's just like it is over here, you know, you get someone who has, who does some mediocre pop music and they win this contest and they get a record deal and they go on to obscurity pretty much afterwards. And that's what Eurovision did for the first 50 years. 
In 2006, this band Lordy won the Eurovision Song Contest with a song called Hard Rock Hallelujah. So they're the first rock band to win Eurovision. First band from Finland to win, too, by the way. <laughs> but I just think that's so cool that they were the... After 50 years, they broke the pop, you know, off of Eurovision. And I... I that that's respect right there. I mean, I don't even how do you do that? <laughs> you know, I mean, they they after 50 years, it's it's mind-blowing. This is a band I was reading on their bio. Uh they all most of them met and formed the band after meeting at a Kiss show, so that's apropos. And like I say they they do look a lot like Gwar, but it's like Gwar with a with a budget, like with Peter Jackson money. I mean, cuz their costumes are so huge, and they just look like eight feet tall on stage. And and they they even did. There's a horror movie you can you can buy or rent called Dark Floors, which was written for them to be the monsters in it. It's this really weird European movie uh, based in a hospital with like monsters taking over this hospital in an alternate universe. It's really weird. Um, you know, I'm not going to recommend the movie as being great, but it's interesting because you got this metal band playing the monsters. And I didn't even realize that they looked like that all the time. I just thought they beefed up their original costumes. Well, that's exactly how they look when they're out and about on stage. And it's crazy. Okay, I've blabbed long enough about Lordy. I figured since you didn't know anything about him, I would give you a little background before I play this. And once again, I like the direction that uh, these guys are going because they look crazy and scary and weird. But if you just listen to them, I mean, they just write catchy stuff. It's like the Swedish guys, you know, like they just, they uh, Finland and Sweden, you know, they kind of go hand in hand. They're just, anything that's out of there is just really catchy. That's what I think anyway. This is a song from their album, The Rockalypse. And it's a song called, Would You Love a Monster Man? Would you love a monster man? Could you understand the beauty of the beast? Yeah, I would kill. Yeah, I would freeze a little over just to get a chill. Yeah, I would slay. Yeah, I would maim. Yeah, I would vanish in the air and reappear again Behind the squares, yeah, I would be sincere Yeah, I would lie, yeah, I would lie Yeah, I would be the waking up the dead to give a thrill I say yeah, I say yeah Would you love a monster man?
that was the 2006 version, actually, of Would You Love a Monster Man that I got from the album The Arocalypse. And I, I can't believe it took me this long to actually even pick up one of their records or find anything out about Lordy. I mean, this album is five years old now, and there's like guest spots from J.J. French of Twisted Sister, and Bruce Kulick of Kiss, and Dee Snyder of Twisted Sister, you know, Dirk Schneider of Except. I mean, how did I not hear this record until now? That's just crazy. So if uh, any of those names do anything for you, go check it out. And yeah, I, I didn't play Twisted Sister on the show. I played them on the second show. Uh, they definitely belong on this list for sure. So it's not like I forgot about them. They're only one of my favorite bands of all time. But this is Rock Strikes 10, and I was trying to play some stuff I haven't played for you yet. So we are down to the last song now. I think this is a great way to go out tonight. Of course, ties in to the entire theme of what we're doing here. This is a band called Ghost. This is a relatively new band. They've only been around for three years. And already they are my favorite new band by a mile. I I have told so many people about this band. I feel like I already have like a prepared speech about them, basically. I mean, they're from Sweden, and they look they have just a polarizing look to them i mean they only there's only one guy that has a name in the entire band the singer his name he goes by the name papa emeritus and the rest of the band are just called the nameless ghouls uh, the the rest of the band come out in like these druid robes and you can't bear you can barely even see their faces if you see their faces at all they're probably wearing like white masks or something or ghost masks and and the singer uh, Papa dresses up like a dark pope, like in a red robe, with like the skeleton kind of makeup and dangles a candle. He looks like uh, Otis does at the end of House of a Thousand Corpses when he's in like full costume. That's what this guy looks like. And uh, with all that being said, you would think, wow, they're probably going to be like this really extremely heavy metal band with like Cookie Monster vocals, and it's really not going to do anything for me. Especially if you're more of a classic rock fan like I am. But these guys, they are straight 70s as far as their sound goes. I mean, I'm not even going to say it sounds like Black Sabbath. It sounds more like Blue Oyster Cult than anything. If If you think that I am exaggerating, listen to this track right now and tell me I'm lying. This is the first song I would play for anybody that has never heard them. So that's why you're getting it here on the show tonight. This is from an album called Opus Eponymous, the only record they have out. This is a song called Ritual.
was Ritual by Ghost from the album Opus Eponymous. If you're a fan of, of classic rock or classic metal, I, I think that's that's the best record I've heard in 10 years, besides like maybe the stuff that Anthrax has been doing. I can't recommend a metal record more than this first Ghost album. So go run and get that. Order it online, do what you gotta do. And I'll just tell you right up front, you're gonna be hearing them again when we get to the end of the year because that album is definitely in my top 10 of the year. It was out in 2010 overseas, but it came out domestically here this year. So, technicality, I get to put it on the end of the year show for the best of 2011. Of course, that's a show that will be coming up at the very end of the year. So, looking forward to that. I'm already making the list as we speak. So, I hope you've enjoyed our journey tonight on the history of Shock Rock. Hope you learned a few things here. Hope you found a few new favorite bands for you to go and check out. Feel free to chat with me about shock rock and any other kind of rock. You can go to cnjradio.com. There you will find the links to the Facebook, to the iTunes feed. Everything you need is on there. And the site's going to get better and better as we go. Uh, But for right now, it's hosting the show. And that's all I need to keep going here. So we're going to be back tomorrow with yet another Halloween-themed show. I hope you like it, and until then, I'll see you soon. Have a good night. Sweet dreams. Hi, this is Joey of Rock Strikes 10, and you just finished listening to the Shock Rock episode, and as I was uh, about to post this, I realized I made a couple of errors when I was talking, <laughs> so I'm here to correct myself, and I, I, I don't believe in, like, inserting into the track, so in the edit would have just been a nightmare. So I'm just going to tell you right up front, point blank, when I was talking about Eurovision, I was trying to explain how huge Eurovision is, and it, it kind of came off at the end basically saying that any of the acts associated with it hadn't done anything, which is totally not true because I first heard about them because they were the, this was the show that broke ABBA and made ABBA like a major worldwide sensation. So my apologies there if you were yelling at me when I was talking about that. Yes, ABBA was the great discovery of Eurovision for sure. I, hell, I like ABBA. How shocking is that? I'm a huge ABBA fan. Uh, yeah, there are some other bands that... Uh, you know, had, uh, you know, a few years of a career because of Eurovision, which I won't go into detail. Uh, But, yeah, there you go. So Eurovision did have, obviously, more success stories than Lordy. Not that Lordy's a big success in America yet, but time will tell on that one. And my second error that I got to correct is when I was talking about Slipknot, talking about how they were very big chart successes whenever they put a record out. I meant to say um, in the last 20 years of new bands uh, that Slipknot and Pantera were the two metal bands that have successfully charted in the top 10 consistently through their careers. Uh, Obviously bands like Metallica and Megadeth pretty consistently hit the top 10 when they put records out. So I meant to say post-1990 metal bands. Uh, Those are the two things that were bothering me when I was doing my final listen back to the show. So just wanted to correct those errors. And uh, once again, looking forward to the episode tomorrow. So thanks for tuning in. 
and have a good night.